But when he got saved, all that character can now get plugged into, into spiritual things. So you're doing your children and yourself an advantage when you teach good character and good discipline, even if they're not saved yet. Now, when I was teaching my kids all that, I was teaching them that with the hope and the understanding that they were going to get saved and that they're going to use that good character and discipline for good for good use. And, and, and vice versa, it's kind of a disappointment when you see folks that have great character and talent and they're not using it for the Lord. And there are a lot of people like that. They are they're good, hardworking, decent, disciplined people, but they're not saved, and so it's not really it doesn't really count for much, eternally speaking. Uh, our nation was built on good character. Um, I, I don't think this is a spiritual litmus test, but I do think it's true that it says something about the person on what you do with your shopping cart after you've unloaded your groceries. And um, I'm not saying that I always take it all the way up to the door and put it right back inside. No, I, but I try to look for the bin or wherever it's supposed to go, you know. And I saw someone this morning walking into the high school as I was driving the school bus and unloading my kids. I saw one of the people who work there. I don't know their name, but they've been there a long time. And saw them stoop down, pick up a piece of paper, and walk inside the building. And, uh, of course, they were an adult. They weren't the students. But, see, we, we're, we're excusing poor character. And we're saying, well, they're kids. Look, there's no excuse. Everybody, and young people, old people alike, we can have good discipline. We can. We can teach it. We can teach our dogs to sit up. Uh, my dog doesn't have a whole lot of good character. But one thing she does is she sits still, thanks to Josh and his training, she sits still and she stays there until we say, okay, you can eat. And we fill her food and it's full of food and go inside the house, act like we forgot, come back out. Okay. And uh, and we we like that. And and if we had more time to spend with her, she'd do, she'd do better, uh, like not tearing up my insulation in my garage last night. That's not why I need insulation. But anyway... Um, Character is something you can teach to a dog, so I know you can teach it to a human. And we we just have to, I heard somebody talking about bribing kids earlier tonight. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Food is a really good briber. And I I think it's legitimate. You don't work, you don't eat. By the way, we told the dog, you tore up the stuff, you're not getting breakfast. We'll see you at lunch. You say, well, how'd you get her to understand what that? Pick up the dog food at breakfast wave it in her face and say she got the message she knew exactly why she wasn't getting breakfast we scolded her and we've never starved our dogs to death ever not ever we've never starved any of our children we have only four children none are buried we only have four they're all alive but sometimes they've gone without dessert or they've gone without a meal or something like that if if the need we say oh that's listen i think the bible's got enough hints for us to figure out how we can develop some good discipline. And I was talking about being entangled with the affairs of this life. That's what a soldier has to watch out for. A runner has to make sure that they're not letting the weights and the sin that easily besets them, as we were talking about Sunday night, and the things that are not expedient. And there's there's just lots of things that we need to recognize about good character. Um...
I remember hearing uh, John Getch. John Getch, of course, tells awesome stories, and he'll be here soon. But uh, he talked about Walter Payton one time and discipline and how that Walter Payton would just absolutely kill himself and run up and down this hill behind his house and just go up and down, up and down, up and down. And, of course, anybody who knows the name Walter Payton knows it paid off. Um, but it requires character and discipline. And we don't have that in our country anymore. Uh, we don't have that as a whole. And uh, uh, we have participation trophies, and we have, uh, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you really did the work or not, we'll pass you to the next grade. And we have that kind of stuff going on today. We need to recognize that our nation, even those who were not Christians, there was good character. There were people who were taught, and, and the phrase, putting the fear of God into them. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times it was just the fear of dad into them or the fear of mom into them. And that's a good thing. But the fear of God is the best thing. All right. Because that will last forever. And that's who we're who we should be motivated by. Um, And then the idea that just because you have it doesn't mean you need to spend it. Just because you have it doesn't mean you need to flaunt it. I'm just randomly thinking of different things. I, I appreciate, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I appreciate Sam Walton. Old guy named Sam Walton drove around in this beat-up old pickup truck. And when he died, that's what he drove around, was old beat-up pickup truck. But you might have heard of Sam's Club or Walmart. That's Sam Walton. But he never drove around looked like he was a rich guy. There's a baseball player for the Colorado Rockies who, as far as I know, is still driving the Jeep Cherokee that his parents handed down to him at his graduation from high school. And he's an all-star baseball player. Uh, and they're teasing him, you know, his all-star buddies teasing him. You know, he drives a Ferrari or Maserati, whatever that thing is. And uh, he said, well, I can't carry my fishing poles in one of those, you know. I, I, just, I just think that we, on, on, the, on the converse to that, contrary to that, opposite of that, we have people who don't have money, on credit, go out and buy something that looks good and drive around in it so they can look like something, you know. Character ha- means something. And we need, to, we need to recognize the importance of it. So there's no, there's no better people that should have character than Christians. Because, I mean, we got a Bible and the Holy Spirit of God to remind us of what we're supposed to be doing. The Bible says, and you don't have to turn there, but it says in Proverbs 1, 7, it says it again in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and understanding. Uh, there's one word in Proverbs 19, verse 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. You are better poor with integrity than a fool. Uh, we see that one word in there, integrity. All of God's children should be people of character and integrity because it's about being honest and open and without deceit and without partiality and without hypocrisy and without uh, incompleteness. If you're talking about the integrity of a metal, you're talking about complete, not taken apart or divided or fractured, but complete, whole. No amount of ability or personality can serve as a fitting wealth substitute excuse me as a fitting substitute for integrity no amount of ability or personality or even wealth can serve as a substitute for integrity nothing serves as a substitute you know i like the game of football i don't necessarily like all the guys that are playing football today but i like the game of football because 
it, it is a it is a different sport, and I think hockey would be the same way. Uh, but it's a very grinding sport, and it's also a team sport. What's interesting to me, and, and, and what I enjoy the most, is not the highlight reel superstars. What I enjoy is when you have a team that, not necessarily superstars, but just a team, and they work together, and they humbly work hard together and they have some toughness and some internal fortitude and toughness and maybe they don't have as much talent as another player and maybe they're not as flashy or whatever but they got something that's a quality on the inside and that's that toughness well toughness is something that the world understands but integrity that means complete together in honesty nothing to to hide or fear completely transparent altogether a person with integrity is not divided people with integrity have nothing to hide i try to to think about myself and i i know my family can tell you i know that i fail at this but i try to think of myself as can i just live as if anybody anybody walked in if anybody could just see what was going on and see what was happening that's how we have to live that's how we should live and we need to remember that god sees all of it someone said character is what we are reputation is what others think we are but character is what you really are um people can take away your wealth they can take away your health but you cannot have your integrity stolen from you integrity is something you either give away or you keep it and it doesn't matter how poor you are i think one great example in the bible of a person who kept his integrity besides job that we're going to talk about tonight is the young man joseph Joseph kept his integrity and kept his honesty and was right before God, even though he lost a lot of position because of it. One president of the United States said one time, character is the tree, but reputation is the shadow. The tree is the real deal. The reputation is just the reflection of it. Uh, no one can take integrity from you. If, it, if you lose it, it's because you gave it up. So we, we live in a world full of people who lie and cheat their way through life. That's just all of a sudden, it's just kind of normal routine. We're in political season right now, and and, and it happens so much. God's children must hold to a biblical standard and live a life of integrity. We are to be salt of the earth, Matthew 5, 13. I don't know the name of the guy. He's District 33. I hear his ads on the KOTA radio station. He's not in my district, so I don't remember his name. But he reads the Bible. He quotes different Bible verses. And he says, this is how our nation should be run. This is the kind of leaders we need to have. And then he gives his name. I don't know him, don't know anything about him. But I appreciate that. appreciate the fact that at least he says that. Hopefully he means it. Um, but what we have, and you go to Proverbs 11, verse 3, what we have today is situation ethics. What ethics fits the situation? Would a white lie be the best thing to use here? That's the way the world thinks. Proverbs 11, verse 3 says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Someone said, always tell the truth. No matter what the consequences are from telling the truth, it will always be the best thing to do is to just tell the truth. And salt that has lost its savor or savior is no longer effective because it's no longer salty and it doesn't have the preservative it used to have. Salt is used to preserve and to cleanse. And uh, salt is a wonderful thing. Salt is a good thing. We are to be salt of the earth and that requires integrity. There's a difference between what is biblical, what is moral, and what is legal. In our world today, most people think in terms of legal. 
most parents, I, I, I really believe this. I really believe that there are a lot of people in Custer, people who work around here, people at school, they drink. Their kids better not drink. You know why their kids better not drink? It's illegal. And you better not do anything illegal. But what is that kid knowing and learning? What does that kid know? Soon as I get to 18, I'm legal. But what do most kids think? Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty smart. So even if I don't get, you know, if I don't get caught, you know. And and so a lot of people's standard is legal. You know what else is legal? Abortion. So is legal okay? Is that okay? Legal should not be our standard. Some people have moral as a standard. Well, that's better. Moral. And <clears throat> that's kind of where Hollywood kind of took us from moral to immoral. <clears throat> you know, you, you didn't have a lot of immoral stuff in Andy Griffith. But it was just moral. But you and I have something better than legal or moral. We have Bible. And I can tell you from the Bible some things on Andy Griffith that are wrong. Most importantly, just the fact that they never needed the Bible on Andy Griffith or Leave it to Beaver to solve any problems. But honestly, folks, the Bible is where we get our problems solved and where we stay out of problems, where we avoid problems. So there's a difference between thinking just what's legal, what's moral, and what's biblical. See, legal can change. The once upon a time, their abortion wasn't legal. Once upon a time, every state in the United States had laws against homosexuality, sodomy laws. <clears throat> we, uh, we're seeing a change in our culture because we're just thinking in terms of legal. Well, as long as the majority decides it's legal, that changes the law. This is the way the Amish lived. The Amish would form their own little group and then decide as a group what was legal and illegal. A lot of hypocrisy there. <clears throat> and then moral becomes what's generally moral and acceptable in the community. To the point where <clears throat> most people don't even bat an eye if someone switches partners with a new marriage partner and now is married to so-and-so and, <clears throat> and sits in the st- stands of the games and watch, or someone is just living and shacking up with someone and the Bible calls it adultery. The Bible calls it fornication. But we're to the point, and, and like there's TV shows, real popular ones. I've never seen a complete episode of a show called Friends, but I know that Friends is really just fornication. That's what Friends is, fornication with lots of laughs. And, and so that conditioning to the point where, well, it's what we all do. I mean, it's whatever, you know. It's like, I was thinking today, what if a politician just, didn't have a marriage instead of all these ones that are you know have a fake marriage what if they just you know what if we just had a president with a girlfriend and uh, you know or what they call open marriage or whatever it might be see we know there's a higher standard uh, but at the same time we're seeing that devolve so as Christians we understand God still has a standard and that standard's higher than anyone else and of course if we if we obey God's standard, so here's God's standard. Man's standard is, oh, you don't cheat on your spouse. That's bad. 
God's standard is you don't even look and lust in your heart. That, whoa. Now, if you don't look and lust in your heart, you probably won't ever commit the action. Would you not agree? So the Bible standards is even higher than any moral standard that man comes up with. You know, you reap what you sow. Remember, you reap what you sow. Christians should be believable. Honesty is not the best policy. Honesty is the only policy. It's not the best policy. That's situation ethics. Honesty is the best policy. You mean there's another one? No, honesty is the only policy. And Christians should be trusted. Someone recently said concerning a couple, a Christian couple in Custer. Man, I can't believe that they broke up and that they've got new spouses now. They're religious. Someone who is not a Christian said that about someone else. Isn't that a sad thing? That's a sad testimony. It's very sad. The world knows that. The world knows that. They, they know that we have this book that's supposed to be our standard. They know that. <clears throat> and so Christians should be believable. Christians should be able to be trusted because Christians should be people who follow the book and are people of integrity. Does character count? Absolutely. Should we be a man of our word as, as you know, a person of our word? Absolutely. If we say we're going to be there at three o'clock, should we be there? Absolutely. We should learn to just mean what we say. Does God say things and then not really mean them? When God says three o'clock, does he mean four o'clock? And so, now we're we're human, we're not perfect. And so when we mess up, but we we got phones, we can call and we can say, hey, I I blew it, I'm gonna be late, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But let's be people of integrity. Let's be people that really are honest and sincere and and concerned and, and conscientious of the fact that someone is waiting on us and now we're wasting their time. Customer service needs to hear this. And, and, and anybody besides me have a, have a I, I just don't even want to call customer service. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't want to talk to them. Because it's, it's a national, it's a national, national, I can't talk. It's a nationwide national crisis. People just aren't showing up for work. I heard this thing on the radio two days ago. We don't know why people aren't showing up for work. Ever since COVID, people are just, they just don't want to work anymore. We're not sure what's causing it. We've talked to Dr. Psycho to find out what he has to say. And I'm like, I'll tell you what's causing it. Six months of unemployment, duh. Nine months of unemployment, duh. I'll tell you what's causing it. We reward laziness. We reward no character. We have an Amendment D on the ballot right now. You know what it is? It's Obamacare. South Dakota could vote for it very quickly. Next Tuesday, we could be voting ourselves into the toilet financially. And it's all about, well, we got to make sure everyone has free health care. we got to make sure. And all it is is encouraging people who might have a boo-boo, who might have a slight asthma, I can't work. All I can do is play video games. 
Well, we've got to make sure we have money set aside for them. We're becoming a socialized society. And it's because of a lack of character. Now, integrity is the opposite of that. Integrity says, I could take disability, but I'm going to work. I'm so thankful for that guy that wheels in here in his wheelchair every Sunday morning. He's a blessing. He wheels in here in his, in his wheelchair. And he could take, he could have taken it a long time ago. He could have, and he could, he could walk around. Listen, if you don't know who I'm talking about, that guy works hard with just his upper body and operates the machinery and has to make sure he's the business owner. He has to make sure the bills get paid and the, and the government taxes and the social security and all that stuff. Listen, that's integrity. That's character. That's cool. And I'm thankful for the cool guys, the guys that work hard. And maybe they're poor, but listen, listen to what I, listen, I'm not saying it. God said, Proverbs 19.1, better is the poor with integrity. God said it. The world says, you're losing, man. You could cash in. You could take this and you could get freebies here and freebies here. Someone's got to pay for that stuff. And our children and grandchildren are going to pay for it. Soon, if this thing goes the wrong way, it would just be one great big reservation called South Dakota. Integrity comes from knowing God. Page 22. Integrity comes from knowing God. See, there are less and less people today that know God. The devil desired to destroy Job, but God said he is a man of integrity. Now, I didn't read those verses at the bottom of page 21. So let's go to Job 2 and Job 27 and Job 31. Job 2, first of all, and then we'll talk about Job for a little bit. The Bible describes Job as a man of integrity. I'm reading through the book of Job right now, and he, is a, he was not a perfect man, but he was a good man. Job chapter 2 and verse number 1 says, Again, there was a day when sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still, after all the things that went wrong in chapter 1 and how he lost all of his wealth and everything he had and his children, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without a cause. God, God, that's what God said about him. Look what, what his wife said to him. In verse 9, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. Even his wife was discouraging but he maintained his integrity and he wasn't going to curse God and give up on God. Chapter 27, chapter 27 and verse 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, As God liveth who hath taken away my judgment and the Almighty who hath vexed my soul all the while my breath is in me and my, the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak uh, wickedness nor my tongue utter deceit God forbid that I should justify you till I die I will not remove mine integrity from me I am not going to cave in to the pressure chapter 31 chapter 31 and verse 1 I made a covenant with mine eyes why then should I think upon a maid now remember his wife is his wife's a real a real case and he said I made a covenant with my eyes why should I think upon a maid 
That's exactly what Jesus said in the New Testament. If you look on a woman and lust, you're committing adultery. Verse 2, for what portion of God is there from above and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked with vanity or if my foot have hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. And so we're talking about Job as we go to uh, page 22. Integrity comes from knowing God. Job was a man of integrity. Job said, and God said concerning Job, back in Job 2 verse 3, God said to Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? Boy, I tell you what, I hope God calls me my. I hope, I hope God considers me to be personal pronoun like that, and because I'm saved, I am. The Lord used personal possessive pronoun to describe Job. That's awesome. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Integrity comes from knowing God and God knowing you. It does not come from knowing about him, but knowing him, truly knowing him. First of all, two ways to know him. Number one, we know him by getting saved. I I know most everybody in here would say they're saved and hopefully everyone in here is. We should know the Lord in salvation. We must know without doubt with with, with a peace and assurance that we belong to Jesus Christ, but also we know him as a as we commune with him daily, as we read his word and pray to him, he talks to us, we talk to him, and we have a, we have a daily communication. Philippians 3.10, written by the Apostle Paul who already knew Jesus, who was already saved, and yet he says in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him. So the Christian life is about getting to know him more. And you know what was happening to Job? He was getting to know God more. He was learning more about God that he didn't know. There is no integrity for life no wholeness, no completeness, unless we first know the Lord. He makes us whole. Otherwise, it turns into situation ethics. Otherwise, people who used to be totally against something are now for something. There are a lot of politicians that have changed their whole position on sodomy because their children or their grandchildren are sodomites. That's not integrity. That's just situation ethics, and that's just moral standard or or legal standard versus what is godly it doesn't matter what they make legal next week or the week after it's still going to be what god says is right so integrity comes from knowing god and so when you know god you're there's just certain things you aren't going to do thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not bear false witness i mean there's just things you know honor thy father and mother there's just things that you know that god would have us to do because you know god there is no substitute so christians should make the best citizens Bible believers should be, and Bible believers' children should be the best kids in the classroom, not the worst. Bible-believing Christians ought to be the best citizens in the community because there's integrity and honesty there. Thankfully, our church doesn't have a bad reputation. We pay our bills. So it's interesting whenever I go to a local merchant and I say, hey, could you order us some and that just happened this week. Could you order some filters for our furnace? I've been getting them off Amazon, but I was wondering, could you order some filters? And maybe they're as cheap from you as they are as Amazon. Yeah, sure. So ordered one, came in. Hey, well, we're, we have two furnaces, so we're going to need another one. Could you order us one more, and then we'll pay you for both of them. All right. He ordered three more. And then said, no, Bill, just take all four of them. And you know, before we've had local merchants that have, done stuff for us and painted the vans and put new tires in the van and windshields in the van and no charge. I do think part of that comes from that we want to pay you. 
and we will pay you on time. And, you know, there are times that churches have terrible reputations in their town for paying their bills. Years ago when I bought my one and only um, used car salesman um, experience up at Rapid Chevrolet, I bought our old Chevy Astro van. I don't know if anybody here remembers that thing, but I bought the old Chevy Astro van and, and um, you know, they were giving me the hustle. And, and the reason why, I had a Subaru and I really liked the Subaru, but this little guy named Sam was coming and, and we had no more seatbelts and so I had to get a bigger vehicle. And so um, I was buying this Astro van and, and uh, the lady, it was a female salesperson and she said well we're going to run your credit and we'll we'll see about you know and I, I i'm not a dickerer i'm not a, i don't barter i don't i'm not very good at that and uh, i said well wait, i've got good credit and she looked at me and she said all the pastors say that i thought that was pretty sad i thought it was pretty sad but i did have good credit thankfully and 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 that was a blessing but the point is is that it's a shame there's something wrong Integrity comes from knowing God, and it ought to be obvious that when a person knows God, they, they live like it. Integrity comes from fearing God also. Notice also in Job 2, verse 3, God said about Job, there is none like him in the earth. Wow. Can you imagine God talking about you that way? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Integrity comes from fearing God. A man may say, I'm going to live right because I'm afraid I'll get a disease. I don't want to get AIDS, so I don't want to do some kind of sin that's going to get, I might get AIDS from. Well, you know, I suppose that's kind of a logical thing, but you know what? That's not the way a Christian should think. That man should do right because he fears God, and God tells him to live righteously. A young person may say, I'm afraid my parents will catch me. You know, you, you, you're really immature if that's what motivates you. So I'm going to stay out of trouble. That's not a sign of spiritual maturity. Now, let's, let's be honest. If that's what keeps my kids doing right, well, at least they're afraid of me for now. But sooner or later, that's going to wear off. And what they have to be afraid of is God himself. It's great for him to obey his parents, but he should do right because he fears God. You've heard me tell the story of some of my kids and confessing stuff. The biggest thrill for me is when I knew they could have got away with it and they knew they could have got away with it except that God knew about it. And because God knew about it, they had to confess it. We won't answer to our parents or our pastors in heaven. We'll answer to God in heaven. Look, I know... I know pastors that have stolen from churches, and we've talked about that before. And I think to myself, do they not even know they're going to stand before God someday? What in the world are they thinking? But people, I don't know. I think some people claim God, but they're not really Christians. We're going to stand before God someday, either unsaved or saved. We're going to stand before God. When we get to the end of life on earth, we, we are not going to stand before our parents or just some other uh, human authority. We're going to stand before God. And we're going to be accountable to him. Let's fear God and not a disease. Let's fear God and not just people. God testified that Job feared him. Do you fear him? Integrity comes from fearing God. And oh, by the way, if you just fear people, sooner or later you'll do the wrong thing because of that. The test of a child's character is their motivation for who they fear 
and why they're doing what they do. And I mentioned Genesis 39, Joseph already, and how that Joseph, when in Genesis 39, in verse number 9, I think it is, Potiphar's wife said, let's commit adultery. And Joseph said, I'm afraid of your husband. (gasps) That's illegal. (gasps) We might get caught. No, what did Joseph say? I can't sin against God. Joseph, Joseph's integrity was God's watching. I can't do that. That would be wicked against God. I can't do that. I'm sorry. No, no, thank you. And he ended up in prison for it. But integrity comes from fearing God. And we need to recognize that fear is a good thing. And there's nothing wrong with being afraid of God in that sense. Not just respectful because he's an old man. And we should, no, he's not an old man. It's not just a respectful fear. No, no, truly fear. I, I tremble at what God thinks. Tremble at what God sees and is concerned about. So integrity comes from knowing God. Integrity comes from fearing God. And integrity comes from living for God. Notice also in Job chapter 2, verse 3, it said, Job was a man, God said he's a man that escheweth evil. Now what in the world is a sheweth. How many of you used a sheweth today in your in your daily conversation? Did you eschew today? Did you eschew? Actually, uh, Joseph, the guy I just talked about, he eschewed. <clears throat> because the word eschewed or escheweth means to flee from, to shun, to avoid. You take one step in the wrong path and it's like, this isn't the right way. And you're eschewing. You're discerning. You're recognizing a bad idea. See, it says about Joseph that he decided not to even be around her. She had to actually catch him and grab a hold of him because adultery doesn't start like like that. It starts with allowing the wrong person to be there and to have conversations you shouldn't be having. and In our world, texting and communicating and whatever it might be. And if you're eschewing evil, you're saying, no, this is going down the wrong path. This isn't the right way to be. So the Christian never gets himself into that kind of a mess because he's eschewing evil and he's recognizing, I think so-and-so has bad intentions here. And even if they don't, it would be wise for me to not be in this situation. This means that he removed his foot from the path of evil. Often the first step on the path in the wrong direction looks inviting, but we must think of where it leads. And integrity will help you do that. Integrity is being honest and telling the truth all the time and just being straightforward honest. It doesn't mean I have to tell you everything about me, I look at my friend Larry back there. I have no idea what kind of a week he's had. But he doesn't need to tell me every dirty little thing that he might have done wrong or whatever this week. But I also think that Larry needs to be honest. We need to be completely honest and filled with integrity in our life and not dishonest, but be honest about who we are. I think it's perfectly fine for us to say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's what I am. See, it goes, it goes with that truth and mercy thing. You are honest, there's lots of mercy. 
And Job wasn't perfect. I mean, he was a good man, but he was a sinner. But Job had integrity, and Job was determined, though he slay me, he said in one of the passages, Job said, though he slay me, I'll still trust him. And integrity proves that you love and will follow God no matter what. Every day we make decisions. As believers, we have to choose things that please our Lord, not just because we are supposed to, but because we love him. Young people, you've got all kinds of peer pressures too. And your integrity or the lack of your integrity will show up with what you do or don't do, and what you do or don't say, and what you laugh at and don't laugh at. Not because you're supposed to, but because we love him. This is holy living, living not to be seen of men, but living for God. There was a man, a lot like us, who said, I'll never deny Jesus. And within hours, he cursed him and had denied him three times. And you know why he did it? He was afraid of what they thought of him. And so he was lying. He denied he was lying. And you know what he did after he lied three times and the rooster crowed? He went out and cried and wept. He was brokenhearted because he loved Jesus. But he was, and he realized Jesus knew he had a lack of integrity. And Jesus told him it was going to happen. But his pride kept him from thinking it could happen. And we need to recognize that God sometimes is showing us our defects because he wants to correct a, a fracture. He wants us to see something that we need to see that we can't see because of our pride. But if we'll love him and follow him and be humble before him, we can have him weld that crack and make it solid. If you desire to be a person of integrity, you must know the Lord, fear the Lord, and live for him. <clears throat> Character counts. Character really does count. Be people of integrity. People will remember you way f further down the road for your honesty and integrity. I, I apologize, I don't have the verse in front of me. But somewhere in the book of Psalms, it says, talking about a man of God, it says, he's a man that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. In other words, <clears throat> no matter what happens, he's going to keep his vows to God. It reminds me of the boy. <clears throat> Sam is collecting silver dollars and half dollars got a bunch of them and um, it reminds me of this boy that was given two <clears throat> silver dollars back in the day by his mother and she said one's for the church offering one's for ice cream afterwards and he went skipping down the road and one of the silver dollars fl flew out of his hand and went ding 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 and went right down the gutter the street sewer and he stood there and looked at it for a minute and then he looked up at the sky and said God you saw where yours went didn't you integrity is when you swear to your own hurt and you change not integrity is when <clears throat> you're honest before 
God and before other people. It reminds me of another story of a little boy who went to some little diner or dinette. I don't know if it was burger and bun because they don't sell anything that cheap. But he bought this cheap little whatever it was and he asked the waitress, how much is it? And she said it's, and I don't remember what the exact amount was, but she said it's $2.50. And the large was two fifty. And the small was a dollar fifty, and so he said, "Well, I guess I'll have the small." And then, when she collected the, the change and the tip after he left, she realized he ordered the small, and then left her enough for the tip. He could have made the two fifty, but he wouldn't have had the tip, and so he saved the tip for her. Integrity, <clears throat> being people of integrity, <clears throat> being people that. Uh, God is not ashamed to be called their God. I'm afraid that there are people that maybe even used to go to our church, but when it came to business dealings, they knew they were going to be moving on. And the roof or the car or whatever it was, the work they did on, by the time it was discovered it wasn't great work, they're out of town. It's not integrity. The bigger picture is not your reputation. If it's just your reputation and you leave town, hey, what's the big deal? Situation ethics. But the big picture is, no, it's God's reputation. Bill Chamberlain is our local funeral director. He said, hey, do you know where so-and-so is? And it was someone that had had a funeral at our church at one time. I said, oh, I've kind of lost contact. I'll try to find them. Why? Never paid for the funeral. I said, Bill, how often does that happen? He said, Pastor, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars owed to me. Integrity. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7. This is it. I'm done. Proverbs 20. Verse 7. You want to be a blessing to your kids? Proverbs 20 and verse 7. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Oh, you're, you're, you're John Brown's son? Oh, I'll hire you. What's the matter, son? You look like you got some car problems. You need to ride to town? Yes, sir. On the way to town. Oh, you're John Brown's son. Oh, let's go to the parts store and I'll help you buy new parts. We'll go back out and fix it. You're John Brown's son. Integrity is a blessing to your kids. Integrity is a blessing to your community. And the lack of integrity is kind of what we got going on now. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Help us to realize that we have the advantage because we got the Bible, so there's no reason why we can't be people of integrity, people that are not just average, not just legal or quote-unquote moral, but are biblical. Help us to be biblical. Help us to be people that you would say, he's a just man, he's a good man. There's nobody like him. He eschews evil, and he fears the Lord. Help us to be those kind of Christians, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.